Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Is in a minute, I was a little bit like, wow. You see, the reason I was a bit wow is because normally when Christian asks me to speak, it's normally I do the dessert stuff. I do the, you know, you're going to do this and this is going to, you're going to be blessed. And it's, gonna, and it's sort of the icing on the cake stuff. And I love to do that. It's more of a preach inspiration type word. And that's that's what I love normally to do. Actually, today, it ain't icing on the cake. It is not dessert. Today's meat and two veg. De- okay. And so, thankfully, Christian and Phil both sat down with me and said, hey, here's some pointers, here's some help. So this morning, I am fully prepared. I am ready. I'm believing that God has got something great for us. And I'm believing this morning, it's sort of not a preach. It's a little bit of a teach, but I'm not going to say that I'm anywhere in Phil's league with the whole teaching thing, but I'm just going to do my best on this subject. So would you smile at me? Would you do your best this morning? Thank you. So here's our slide for the next two weeks. Phil asked me to um, do the principle this week and then he's doing the practice next week. Now, live with the F word. Now, it can sound a little bit provocative, can't it? Now, when Christian titled this, Live With The F Word, he said to me, you need to tell our guys the reason why we've done this is because the F word to some people is actually a swear word. The F word we're talking about this morning is forgiveness. And the reason Christian encouraged us, uh, said this to me was because for some people, it sounds like a swear word because we never say sorry, or we don't believe we need to say sorry. Um, many, many years ago, they used to do those Love Is character cartoons. Can you remember those? And I remember one back then. I mean, I was very naive, 18, 19. And it actually said in, uh, I think it was the Daily, Daily Mail, Daily Mirror, one of those, uh, the, the Love Is thing. And it said, Love Is never having to say you're sorry. And I cut it out and thought, yeah, yeah. You don't have to say sorry because people know I love them. People know I care. And actually soon realise that that is not the case. We're talking about forgiveness this morning and we're very aware this could be a very encouraging message but also a very painful one to some people. And you see, the reason why we talk about we may never have to say sorry is because actually... We can look around this room and if I said this morning, put your hand up if nobody's ever hurt you or nobody's ever caused you pain or nobody's ever offended you. And I don't think there would be one hand in the air this morning. Is that true? Is that true? Is that true? So living with the F word. You see, hurting people hurt people. None of us, you see, we can look at people on this stage and actually think, what qualifies you this morning to talk about forgiveness? What pain have you ever gone through? And I'm not going to start divulging a lot of my pain, and some of you know my journey, but I believe for every single one of us, we have something that has hurt us, that has wounded us, and this morning we want to talk about living free of that forget that hurt You see, I believe this morning that God wants to heal some broken hearts in here. I said, God wants to heal some broken hearts this morning. 
David gave us a tremendous lead in talking about chains being broken, about everything being under his feet. And forgiveness is massive for many people. You see, we're not trying to say this is going to be an easy message this morning. In fact, when I was doing some background research and studying, I went to YouTube, my first go-to, with a subject, and I typed in forgiveness. The top result that came out on YouTube was how to forgive four easy steps. Learn in three minutes. Um, we're not talking about that this morning. You see, some of us may have lived, some of us, which one am I doing, guys? (laughs) This one? Okay. There you go. Learn how to forgive four simple steps in three minutes. Some of us have lived with pain for many, many years. We're not trying to diminish any of that pain this morning. And guys, it may not be three simple minutes. But what I do believe that over these next 23 minutes that we've got left, that we can learn some principles, some, some biblical teaching that will help us all to be freer and able in this area to live with that lid being lifted. You see, my prayer this morning that this message would be life-giving and lid-lifting. There's lids on our lives that have been caused through offence, through pain, through other people, and we need this morning to be free because God's got so much more for us. Do we believe that God wants us to live without lids, without those limits, without those things that hold us back? So I'm going to do my best this morning just to bring some simple things to us. So I I wanted to look. Phil gave me some guidance and Christian did. But I just felt this morning as I started looking at this that I wanted to use the example of the greatest person who ever walked on this earth who forgave. (laughs) Of course, Jesus. And it just ties so well from our wonderful teaching over the last week on um, uh, the lead up to Easter and all that Jesus did on the cross. You see, the, the Good Friday that we've recently celebrated was the greatest sign of forgiveness that we have ever, ever seen. When Jesus was nailed, his hands nailed into that cross and they hoisted him up, And suffered that very, very cruel death as they put the cross in the ground and it fell into place. What were the first words that Jesus said? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus also included forgiveness in the Lord's prayer. Something that when people asked him, teach us how to pray He included this, which said, give us our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have trespassed against us, those who are our debtors. You see, Luke 17 and verse 1 tells us this, it's impossible that no offences should ever come. It's impossible. Guys, People are going to hurt us. (laughs) People are going to let us down. People are going to cause us pain. I love this um, quote I heard, and it was a quote I heard from actually from Chris Hodges, a, a Church of the Highlands pastor, and it says this, living with unforgiveness, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies. 
You see, when we live with unforgiveness, it causes something in us to die. It causes something in us that holds us back. It causes something in us that limits what God wants to do through us. Proverbs 18 puts it this way, an offended brother is unyielding. Bit of a strange word, unyielding. I think what it means is when you're living with offence, you react in a certain way that actually you don't even realise you're reacting. And there's some pain that comes out that actually, where did that come from? Now, you know, David said some lovely things about me and thank you very much. But if you think I'm perfect and I've got a halo, that ain't the case, right? Okay, I'm just going to, would you be very kind and just smile as I share something that actually explains this a little bit? Is that okay? So when Chris drives, and I've given you this example, it winds me up so much at his moaning about everybody else on the road, right? They're always out to either box him in or they've speeded up as he overtakes them. And, I, and, and you know, for a while I used to react and then I'm like, stop reacting because it ain't making any difference. Now I've got to a point where I'm saying, sweetheart, you aren't affecting them. You're only affecting you and you're affecting us. And, and <laughs> it sometimes calls me judgy Julie. So I say this to him regularly as we drive in. Last week, we had another one, sweetheart. They're not affecting, you're not affecting them. They're only affecting you. This week, whole different ball game. Chris is, Chris is ill, as in he's got a bad leg. He's got a swollen knee. And um, so I kindly, you know, he's the, definitely the better driver of the two of us in any case. But we, we get into the car, like, sweetheart, you know, being the lovely one. Would you like me to drive? Yeah, I'm thinking, oh no. So, so I get in the car. We are driving home. We're having a lovely little chat. That drive all of a sudden. I'm indicating to come out into this lane and this car pulls alongside of me. Now, it's clear that I'm indicating. It's clear that he has got space to move over so that he could allow me to pull out and I'm getting closer to the car in front. When out of nowhere, inside of me came out, move out the way, you big fat dubber. What did Chris say? Sweetheart. (laughs) Sweetheart, you are not affecting them. You are only affecting you. And you are only affecting us. that happened so that I could share this example this morning I'm just going to make excuses you see the thing is I like where did that come from I didn't even know I'd got road rage inside of me but the thing is sometimes things in our lives can cause us to act in certain ways so what I want to do this morning is just look at you know when Jesus asked God to forgive him on that cross What had he gone through that led up to that? First of all, he'd gone through betrayal. When Jesus hung on that cross and said, Father, forgive them, 
the night before Judas had betrayed him, one of the closest people to him. And even Judas, who was one of his disciples, you know, God must have known that Judas would do that. And yet he still chose him to come into his world. (laughs) He knew he would let him down. But he was betrayed. He also had false accusation against him. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, they accused accused him of so many things that were just not true. How many people have said things about us that, wow, that isn't just not true? Come on, many of us. He had false accusation railed against him. And what happened was when they judged him and they stood trial with him, people actually paid to come and give false accusation against Jesus. A man who'd done no wrong. And where were his disciples when he was falsely accused? None of them were there. He was on his own as he was accused. He suffered rejection. You see, you may feel this morning that you have been rejected. People you love dearly rejected your family members, previous relationships. Jesus went, on, Jesus went through all of that. Can I encourage us this morning? I see some rubbish on Facebook. In fact, I don't go on very often. Social media can give us a perception of people's lifestyles. There's a lot of hate flying around on social media. If it is causing you to have a problem, just come off it. Because it's hurting us. We want to fill ourselves with things that just tell us good things about ourselves. We don't need haters around, do we? Thank you. (laughs) We don't need it. He was abused. As Jesus went to the cross, they spat at him. They cheered and said awful things about him. They stuck a sword in his side. He was abused. He was also humiliated. When I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they don't do this in, in movie films and Hollywood, but actually what would have normally happened with crucifixion is that they, to humiliate the person to such a st- an extent, they actually crucify them naked. Humiliation. Can you imagine the Son of God going through all of that? And when he got to the end, Father, forgive them. Our greatest example. You see, when Jesus died, we know that he died for our, many of us know that he died for our sins. That was his primary reason. But also, I believe that it was bigger than just dying for our sin. In Hebrews 2 and verse 17 to 18, it tells us this. That's, That's why he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then when he came before God as high priest... To get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all for himself. All the pain, all the testing, and would be able to help where help was needed. You see, this morning we are not talking about Jesus who doesn't understand. We're not talking about Jesus who hasn't gone through what you're going through. We're talking about a Jesus who says, I see it, I've been through it, I understand it, and I'm there to help you no matter what. A Jesus who cares, a Jesus who understands, a Jesus who's been 
through it, the humiliation, the abuse, the rejection, the betrayal, and the false accusation says, I understand. So what do we need to do this morning if this is us? And I do believe that God wants to break change this morning, that hold us back. So we have to live with forgiveness. We have to live with the F word, and that's why we're doing this. Nothing inside of you will want to forgive. Nothing. You see, we sometimes wait for the feeling to come. I'll wait till the pain is gone. I'll wait till the feeling comes. I'll, and it just won't. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a decision. Forgiveness is exactly what David was telling us this morning. You've got to choose this day. I am going to live with forgiveness. Your emotions will feel like retaliating. Your emotions will feel like not turning the other cheek. Here's some thinking about forgiveness that may hold us back into stepping into it. You see, we think these things about forgiveness and actually these are the things that forgiveness isn't. It's not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. It's just not. You see, if you think God is in heaven looking down on you and just saying, get over it. It's nothing big. Don't worry about it. You could be no further from the truth. God is saying, I see it. It was a big thing. It did hurt you. It did break you at the time, but I'm here to pick up the pieces and take you from the ashes into a new life. It is a big thing. It's not necessarily reconciliation. You see, we may think that if I forgive this morning, that person who's hurt me, I've got to be reconciled to them. Not necessarily. There may be some people that that does apply to. But for some people, it may be that you will never be reconciled to that person who hurt you. Reconciliation is not a two-player game. It's a one-player game. You decide this morning that you will be reconciled. If you put the onus on the other person, you are a hostage to that decision. You're a hostage Because if you're waiting for them to treat you well and them to react well, you may never be released from this area. You've got to decide. I'm going to forgive. I am not going to hold it against them. There was uh, um, many years ago, uh, Christian actually preached on it, drawing a line in the sand with some of our business things that we went through. It was a very, very painful time for, for us. And Christian actually preached and said, we've chose to draw a line in the sand. We're moving on. We're forgetting the pain of that. And people through that time who said awful things, and I can't say I was perfect in it either. (laughs) I had my part to play. I chose when I would see them, I am not going to allow this pain to hold me back. We used to use a sentence in our house about if we saw that person, it was that person and a baseball bat at the same time, you know. It was that pain. If I see that person, baseball bat's coming out. You know, it was one of those. We had to choose. We are not going to live there because God wanted us to draw a line and move on. It's not just a one-off event. 
Phil encouraged me to share this um, um, uh, thought with you from Matthew 18 and verse 21. It's from Peter and he came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sin against me? Up to seven times. Now, you see, Peter thought he was doing really good because uh, Phil tells me that the teaching at that time from the rabbis was that you should forgive three times. So Peter's like, oh, Jesus is going to be impressed. <laughs> Shall we forgive him seven times, Lord? You know, bless him, Peter. He did mess up, didn't he? <laughs> seven times. And actually, Jesus turned to him and says, not seven times, 70 times seven. That's how many you should forgive. Now, he says in this translation, 77 times. This doesn't mean you can count. I've forgiven them one, now two, now three. And you get to 77 and it ain't happening anymore. <laughs> hey, listen, if Chris had to forgive me 77, I think he'd be at his limit by now. And he'd be like, it's over. We just keep, we're not perfect people. We keep forgiving 70 times 7. It's not about doing what's fair. I've heard this. It's not fair what they've done to me. It's not fair that they've got away with that. It's not fair. Thank the Lord that when he, when he was on that cross, he wasn't thinking what is fair. Jesus didn't go down this route. He was, Father, forgive them. It doesn't feel right or fair or just that the saviour of the world who was perfect had to die for me. But he did. He chose. He chose to go to that cross to heal me. And he says, this is the way I want you to walk. This is the life I want you to forgive. That we forgive those who trespass. We forgive those who have a debt against us. It's not always fair. You see, C.S. Lewis, I love this quote, said it this way. To be a Christian means we need to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in me. You see, we don't go down the route of what do they deserve? Because actually God could say, I don't give you what you deserve, Julie Turner. I give you what you need. So God this morning encourages us to say, I'm not going to give what they deserve. I'm going to give them what they need. Are we doing okay? Are you still with me? Are you feeling the meat and two veg going down there this morning? The last it's not, I'm sure there's many more, but the last it's not for me is it's not impossible. You see, I have heard this too. I could never forgive what they've done to me. I could never forgive the pain they've, it's impossible. They've caused too much pain. You may have been convinced that you can't forgive. Another thing that Christian encouraged me to share with us this morning is it the Bible is very clear on this. Matthew 6 verses 14 to 15. If you, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive you your sins. 
Instead of saying it's impossible, we need to stand on Philippians 4 and verse 13, which is, I can do all things. Let's say it over here. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, through Christ who gives me strength. You may be feeling weak in this area. God says, come to me. You may be not feeling that you can forgive and God says, come to me. I will help you. Where you are weak, I am strong. It's important to forgive, but we need God's strength to forgive. Where does my help come from? It comes from, as I look to the hills, my strength comes from the Lord. You see, God will give you an ability, a capacity, an understanding that you never thought possible. God does it in me all the time. (laughs) I do things that I'm like, God, I can't believe I'm doing what I'm doing now. But God says, if you keep trusting me, if you keep following me, if you keep standing on my word, you will walk into this area, even though at the moment it feels impossible. God says, trust me, I will give you the strength So in conclusion, just for the last few moments, I just want to share three things of how we can live with forgiveness God's way. And I'm sure there's more, but just a few. First of all, pray for them. Pray for them. Now, ladies, it is not the type of prayer that I used to do when I first got married. God, will you show him where he's gone wrong and where he needs to say, sorry, God, because I am not speaking to him until he does. <laughs> Listen, ladies, if you've prayed that prayer, it's all right, because the psalmist puts, put it this way. <sighs> right, where are we? In Psalms, it says, would you break the teeth of the wicked God? I don't think it's that sort of prayer. I honestly don't. It's a prayer this morning of God, God, would you help me? Would you help them? It's a prayer that will bring us into an unforgiveness and a freedom. Pray for them. I have to say there's a couple who wounded me deeply years ago. And God keeps waking me up to pray for this couple. I have forgiven them. I've seen them. I've put it right. I've hugged them. I've been okay. But actually, out of all the people that God lays on my heart to pray for, it's them. And especially when I hear um, pain in their world, and I'm like, that's what it is. God wants to make sure there's nothing in me that will stop me being the person he wants me to be. So pray for them. Secondly, bless them. Speak well of them. Decide that you will not let a curse come out of your mouth about that person. Bless. Now, this ain't easy. For a little while, it's like Bambi says, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. <laughs> you may need to put a zip on it for a little while. And when you're able, bless them. Don't curse them. And finally, and this one is probably one of the harder ones, do good to them. Julie, are you kidding? Do you know what they've done to me? Now, it may be you can't do good. It may be that the person that has wounded you is somebody who's no longer alive. And you may just have to 
in your heart, just reconcile and say, God, the pain that they cause me no longer alive. I, I, I release it to you. I, I, my dad, my mum, that, that person who's wounded me deeply. God, I let it go. <laughs> I release it. I free them from all the pain that they cause me. Romans 12, verse 17 to 21 puts it this way. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, and it's not always, but if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to revenge, I will repay says the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. You see, leave room for God to do what he's going to do. Leave God to deal with it. Your role in this is to do good. We've nearly done. Are we okay? I believe from this morning there may need to be some action. If, Even if, as I've said, they no longer live in, you may need to just go home and find just five minutes, ten minutes. Just get on your knees at the side of your bed and say, God, the pain I've received, I've felt, I've had, I've allowed to get deep down in my heart. I want to release it. I want to let it go. It may be that where it depends on you, you can reconcile to that person a text, a card. And Phil will talk more about the practice next week and how he has handled people who have hurt him. But it may be that this week, you've just got to get before God and say, Father, forgive them. (laughs) Help me to forgive them. Help me to let it go. Help me to move on from the pain that it has caused me. Let us pray.